Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on a Monday to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me. Start of a new week. It's not just Super Bowl week, but also... Although it just doesn't have the buzz that it used to. It's National Signing Day week, uh, the second one, because we we have two now. So that is happening this week, as well as the Super Bowl, of course, on Sunday. And we are two weeks away from baseball season. I've got a National Signing Day thought for you. Also, I've been asked constantly since Josh Heupel got the Tennessee job about Jeff Levy and what it means for him. So I will uh, address that as well as we move along on this Monday. But first, uh, I want to remind you to follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky, or if you're on Facebook, like my Facebook page. I'm doing my stream there uh, every morning. So if you want to watch that, the morning stream, uh, it's there for you on my Facebook page. So follow me on Twitter if you don't already. Uh, like me on Facebook, at Michael Borky there as well, and uh, be part of the fun. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, hope you guys will tune in in the future as well. Also, the Rebel Report, this podcast that you're listening to right now, brought to you by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. The sun is staying up a little bit later. The weather in Oxford is going to be uh, kind of rainy this week, but some nice days coming up as well. So uh, stop by LB's, go by see Greg, tell them that Super Talk sent you, and get something to throw on the grill or let them do the cooking for you. Get one of their lunch specials Monday through Friday. All right, National Signing Day this week. The only player that I've really heard about, maybe there's others that they're working on. At this point, I think it's pretty clear that uh, under Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss is going to not be uh, as open with information as previous coaching staffs. I'm not saying that's good or bad or whatever. That's just how it's going to be. I would prefer it this way. If I were you in your position as a fan, even though there's less information leaking out of your program, I think this is the better way to go about it, but that's just me. So there may be other players uh, signing on Wednesday that are Ole Miss targets. I mean, they basically hired their tight end coach out of nowhere. I mean, nobody saw that coming. So this is a program that under Lane Kiffin in his year plus as the head coach at Ole Miss, been uh, full of surprises at times. And uh, this may just be one of those instances. But there is one guy that everybody, at least around here, has their eye on. And that's Ty Malone, the defensive tackle from New Jersey. He's 310 pounds, and he also hits tank bombs and plays first base. That's the guy everybody's paying attention to uh, this signing day. Maybe there are others, to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't follow recruiting like some people do. I make sure that I read enough to deliver you some good information on this podcast. But as far as the nuances of like top five lists of players, I just that's not... I value my sanity, and that is something that would completely drive me away from it. So in this case, it sounds like he's really the only target that Ole Miss is looking forward uh, to hearing an announcement from on Wednesday. Uh, I saw my friend Zach Barry shared uh, an article this morning from a couple of the National Rivals guys. Uh, they called it Fact or Fiction, and the question was, Fact or Fiction, Time Alone Will Sign with Ole Miss. 
both national rivals guys said that they believe that that will happen. And a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how important that signature would be for Ole Miss. Uh, it means a lot of things. Um, one, it's a position of desperate need. I mean, you guys know this by now. Ole Miss needs help on the defensive line. It was glaringly obvious last year, I think, uh, at times uh, the linebacking core was given un undue criticism because of how bad the people in front of them uh, were. Uh, that was one of the worst defensive lines that I've ever seen in SEC play. I mean, it was really that bad. And so it's a position of desperate need. Getting an elite-level defensive tackle that high-level programs want is always a big deal, but especially who it is with Texas A&M and Florida State being in the last group, where he is being based in the Northeast, not in Mississippi, and when it is late in the process. I talked about this a couple weeks ago, so I won't spend too much time rehashing the same thing, but Ole Miss has had a problem. Aside from 2013, in closing on recruits late in the process. The early period you saw Lane Kiffin and his staff close on a one particular Mississippi prospect, but on a handful of guys, they closed really well. And if they are able to secure the signature of time alone, that is just another example of this being different. If they are able to close on this kid with Texas A&M, who got a visit, coming hard, with Florida State coming hard. Um, it's a big deal. And it's a signification of what has changed in Ole Miss in just the year that Lane Kiffin has been here. The previous coaching staff could never dream of this scenario right now. I mean, they could not possibly have dreamed of this scenario right here. It was never going to happen, honestly. And... Uh, after, aside from 2013, Hugh Freeze's staff didn't do a very good job of this either. This is a, a different thing for Ole Miss. And if these two guys from rivals are correct, and it seems like basically everybody's kind of predicting him to go to Ole Miss. I know getting a new defensive line coach uh, or knowing who his defensive line coach would be in Oxford was a, an added benefit. Sounded like he was still gonna, going to go to Ole Miss, whether or not he knew who that was going to be. But... Uh, they sealed that up, got that done, and it sounds like all signs are pointing to him to go to Ole Miss. It cannot be overstated. Excuse me. It cannot be overstated at all how impactful, how important that signature really is for all the reasons that I just outlined. It matters a lot. It, it's a sign of a lot of things, and it will keep Ole Miss in the teens. If I'm looking at this correctly here, I'll pull up the rankings for you. This is probably something I should have had on hand anyway. But uh, Ole Miss currently sitting at number 18 in the recruiting rankings. That uh, that may or may not jump North Carolina or Texas that are in front of them. But getting him will likely solidify their position in the teens. That's what it feels like anyway. Uh, will solidify their position in the teens. And you guys know this already. Talked about it a, a lot before. Considering they couldn't have official visits 
this is massive. It cannot be overstated how big it is. And it really sets up for a good year in 2022 uh, to really make a difference here when it comes to this. I mean, really, really make it a huge difference when it comes to stuff like this. So we'll find out on Wednesday. I think CBS Sports HQ is where he's going to uh, do his announcement. Um, I've told you about this before. Really cool app. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. And I think, by the way, I think we're, people are really underselling the baseball aspect of this recruiting. Um, a few national guys that I've seen talk about this and stuff, they'll, they'll just kind of like throw in the baseball thing. Yeah, and he, he wants to play baseball too. I, I think that's really underselling. Based on what I'm told, and my information could be wrong, based on what I'm told, the baseball aspect of this recruitment uh, is a big deal. It's a really big deal that uh, Mike Bianco and his staff have done an excellent job recruiting him, uh, making him part or feel like you know they really want him, that it's not just been a football recruitment with, yeah, we'll let you play baseball on the side, that Ole Miss has made it known that, number one, they have two guys already that do both, and number two, the baseball coach was heavily involved or is heavily involved in the recruiting, and they've kind of worked in lockstep with each other, I think that uh, is being undersold. And that might be the difference in what has or allows Ole Miss to sign him and not sign him. It might just be baseball. And the good thing is, his visit to Texas A&M, for example, he got to see the park, and the park is beautiful there, but... If I understand it correctly, he did get to see, on his first visit to Oxford, he did get to see Swayze, like in action. Could have that wrong, but I I think I understand that correctly. Baseball's being undersold nationally, and that'll possibly be the difference in him signing with Ole Miss versus Texas A&M. So uh, we will see. I think we're underselling it, though. All right, the next thing here, it's something that I've been asked about a lot over the last few days, and it's uh, it's Jeff Levy and UCF. And will he go there? Are they going to hire him? Where does Ole Miss go next? Stuff like that. So I get asked that all the time, and, and my answer is um, if they offer, if I were him, I'd go. Your expectation should be if they offer him the job that he will take that job. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I mean, he was either A, not going to be at Ole Miss for longer than two years, in my opinion. I think that he was going to get a head coaching job after next season, regardless. Um, or be gone now. I, I think that was the only outcome. I did not foresee a scenario in which he was going to stay at Ole Miss unless Lane Kiffin left after year two and he was given the head coaching job. I did not see a scenario in which he was at Ole Miss long. He clearly has everything that you want in a head coach, and his offense is obviously very explosive, and his ties to UCF are something in this scenario that cannot be ignored. If he is offered this job, he should take it. He absolutely should take it. That's the advice that I would give him. If you were my best friend, go take that job. And apparently... Some of the players and people that work within the athletic department there want him 
to be their coach. They've uh, made their voices heard about that, apparently. But players also wanted Matt Luke, and you guys saw how that worked out. If I was making the decision at UCF, with all due respect to my players, the, the handful of them that are being vocal about this, that's not who I let choose who my head coach is. There's just no way. You've seen how bad that can go before. I've seen how bad that can go before. The players at Ole Miss wanted Matt Luke. You guys remember the video of them losing their mind when Ross Bjork announces that he searched the nation and found Matt Luke, even though he searched the nation and found Dave Doran and uh, his chancellor made him find Matt Luke. You saw the reaction to the room, and then you saw how it worked out on the field. Players shouldn't choose their coaches. I think UCF is while I'm sure they respect their players, are not going to use that to be the basis of their decision. Now, if I was making the decision at UCF, I absolutely have him on my shortlist. It just makes all the sense in the world, but not because the players are asking for it. I wouldn't write that off just yet. Based on with the, the way some of the people that have asked me about this, they just kind of assume that it's already done, you know, that he's gone that UCF is definitely going to offer him, and he's their candidate number one, and he is, he's gone, he's gone, there's no shot he's sticking around. I, I wouldn't go down that road just yet. Even though I just said that, hey, I would hire him. If I were UCF, I would call him, he'd be on my list. Based on what has been said by everybody, I mean, Andy Staples, Stephen Godfrey, Bruce Feldman, all these people that are really connected and stuff, Everybody wants this job. Everybody wants this job. And why wouldn't they? I mean, honestly, some of you might think I'm crazy, but I I think this is inarguable. UCF is a better job than some Power 5 programs. I think it's by far the best job in the group of five, and I think it's more coveted. I could probably list a lot of Power 5 jobs that I would rather have UCF over them. And the first thing that's popping into my head it's Kansas. I mean, I'd much rather have the UCF job than Kansas. I think UCF is going to hire a better coach than Kansas did, although Les Miles won a national championship. I'm sure you guys understand my line of thinking on that. I think UCF is going to end up hiring a better coach than Tennessee did. I think it's a great job, and based on what all these guys are saying, everybody wants it. And now you've got guys that have been head coaches elsewhere that are possibly lobbying for this job. I mean, if you're UCF, don't you try Gus Malzahn? People really undersell Gus Malzahn. I mean, he gets a lot of crap. He's the butt of every joke, but look at what he did. I mean, he he went to a national championship, went to the SEC championship a couple times, and beat Nick Saban's Alabama three times more than anybody else in the SEC while being in the same state of the greatest college football coach of all time. His teams were always competitive, went to bowl games every year, uh, and again, went to the SEC championship, won the SEC championship, went to a national championship, beat Nick Saban's Alabama more than anybody else in the SEC with that in his own backyard. People do not give Gus enough credit 
for the job he did. Yeah, I mean, Bo Nix and not developing that at all, and the offense kind of went stagnant as of late. But if you think that he's a bad football coach, I mean, what are you talking about? He's not bad at all. I think Tennessee would have done much better hiring Gus than they did Josh Heupel. That's might be a little hot takey, but I truly believe that to be the case. UCF is in the same boat to me. If you can get Gus Miles on, you get him. Will Muschamp's going to be looking for that job. Tom Herman's going to be looking for that job. A lot of coaches out there apparently want this thing. There are going to be high-level group of five head coaches that are going to want that job. I've seen Chadwell's name thrown out there. Even though he just got an extension at Coastal Carolina, what job would you rather have, UCF or Coastal Carolina? I think that's an absolute no-brainer. People are going to want that job. High-level coordinators beyond Jeff Levy are going to want that job. So while if I were them, I'd call him, they'd be dumb not to. The people like the ones that you know sent me messages freaking out because Levy's gone, I wouldn't write him off there just yet. I... Don't worry about things until you have to. You know what I mean? There's no reason to worry about Lebby leaving until there's legit conversation between the two. It's possible that he's gone. And the good thing is, as good as I think he is, and I think he's great, um, you've learned by now that hiring staff is not going to be an issue for Lane Kiffin. And considering what they have returning at quarterback and elsewhere, that's going to be a really attractive job for the next offensive coordinator if Lebby leaves. If that does happen, I'll sit on this podcast and on the radio show and everything else I do, which is (laughs) a lot, as it turns out. Um, Must be nice just to show up to a studio at 245 and, and that be the only thing you do all day. Um, I will talk about how bad that is. Because it won't be good. But if there's a silver lining, it's the fact that you've seen Lane Kiffin replace staff at a level that you haven't seen at Ole Miss ever. I mean, never at any point. So, it would stink... Strong agree there. It it would not be good. But I have full confidence in Kiffin's ability to replace that guy if he does leave, which is a big if, and it's way ahead, but I keep getting asked about it. Um, His ability to replace him tells me you shouldn't worry about that at all. At least not until you have to. In the meantime, Matt Corral still continues to get disrespected. I saw uh, an article, I think it was Sports Illustrated, that talked about the the high-level quarterbacks returning to college football in 2021, and he's not even mentioned. I mean, Alabama's, I guess, sophomore now quarterback, that looked pretty bad in his limited action was on this list of college football quarterbacks to watch and not Matt Corral. So 
he is not getting the attention that he deserves around the country. Part of that is because he had two games where he threw a billion interceptions. But there is an underappreciation nationally of what you've got at quarterback for sure. I just I don't know how you can leave the guy that's going to lead college football, at least returning players and basically everything off of a list of quarterbacks to watch this coming season. I, I simply don't get it. I don't get it at all. And last thing for you, um, basketball. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, I, I don't know how much more analysis you can do of a game like that when it's the same thing that that you've seen for the entire season, really. I mean, it's, it's the exact same thing. Turns out their wins over Mississippi State and Texas A&M, Texas A&M were because they were playing against two pretty bad teams. I mean... Look, they play hard. I mean, they showed up and played hard at Georgia. They did. I mean, they had, what, 23 offensive rebounds or something crazy like that. I mean, they played hard, but at the end of the day, they can't score. They can't score at all. And I said this on the radio show yesterday and on the stream this morning, so forgive me for being repetitive, but if you can't score, there's three reasons why. Bad luck which we know that's not bad luck because they've been awful offensively all season long. Bad players or bad offense. It's one of those three things. It can't be luck because, again, all season long. Bad players is not an excuse right now because either A, they're severely underachieving relative to their talent or they were severely misevaluated as SEC caliber players. That, that's it. There's no other option. It's year three. The entire roster is the current coaching staffs, with the exception of Devontae Shuler, who's a really talented player and has just either regressed or been stagnant in three years. Um, and the hype that this team got all offseason. I mean, this, this was such a hyped basketball team, the deepest they've ever had, NCAA tournament caliber, you got the number one, or one of the uh, highest profile graduate transfers, the highest ranked graduate transfers in Romello White. This is the current coaching staff. This is Kermit Davis's team. So they either cannot score because of massive misevaluations or bad offense. And I'm no basketball expert. Uh, I'm not at all. Um, but I can sit and watch two teams and tell you that, that one of them does things better than the other. Ole Miss's offense looks dated. And the first 10 seconds of, of every possession is just like that little weave at the top of the key. There's no action to the basket. And the few times they started like early in the game, taking chances down low, forcing the ball down low, and they either didn't, they ended up in a turnover or didn't get points, and they just abandoned that. It, the the pick and roll action I rarely see the bigs. I mean, sometimes they're looking for a pass, but the pass never goes to the big. And the guy that's getting the screen doesn't challenge the defender to make a choice between him or the big that's rolling to the basket. The offense is not creating good looks for its scorers. It's not going through a guy like Romello White who only got five shots up in the game and he made four of them. Didn't get to the free throw line one time. I mean, there's a problem there offensively. 
Georgia looked more fluid. They, they got better looks. There was more ball movement that w- was done with a purpose instead of that weave at the top of the key. Again, not a basketball expert, but that's just what I see. And if I see it, you know Georgia's seeing it, and Ole Miss can't score. Every single game, they can't score. So there's something wrong here. And on top of that, you see the body language from some of the players. They're either playing terrified or there's bickering between coach and player and and stuff like that. I I don't know the answers. I, I definitely don't have them. I don't get paid millions of dollars either to have the answers. But I do know that there's something wrong right now within the basketball program. This is year three. And the, the current product on the floor is unacceptable. I'm not saying fire anybody. It's way too early for that conversation. But there's something wrong. And all I'll say, and this might make some people upset, because I said it on Twitter and it made some people upset, Ole Miss fans need to bring the same desire to scrutinize this coaching staff as they did with the previous coaching staff. I'm not saying at all that Kermit needs to be fired and that they made a mistake for moving on from Andy Kennedy. It was time he lost his locker room. That's not what I'm saying. It was time to move on. Fans just need to bring the same level of criticism and scrutiny and demand what they demanded from Andy Kennedy's program. That's all. Because... The things that would have been said about this team if they were sitting at 8-8 eight and eight right now with Andy Kennedy is different than what you're seeing today. Bring that same energy, that same scrutiny. That's all I'm saying. That's all. Because this program deserves criticism. This program deserves... Questions need to be asked about this program. What is going wrong? Well... Yeah, I wish K.J. Buffin would play better. Or I wish I could get him to play better. Why is he not? I I don't know. Time to start asking the questions. Time to start being critical of your program. Because this product right now on the floor is not good enough. I know it's a COVID year and things were weird and they had to deal with it at the start of the season. I get it, but everybody's dealing with it. Something's wrong. Something's definitely wrong. Questions need to be asked. And we'll see. I mean, they got Tennessee tomorrow night. Good luck with that. Uh, Tennessee's very good. So um, it's a very important end of the season. Very important. Anyway. All right, that's it for me. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll talk to you again on National Signing Day. Have a good one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.